Hey, welcome to the AOL Podcast. Let's dive right into this week's message with Pastor Travis Bennett. Well, can I ask you the question, who's happy to be in the house of the Lord today? Amen. There's no place I'd rather be. There's some people, there's places that they would rather be today, obviously. But uh, man, we, uh, this is definitely a summer crowd, but uh, I believe God's going to do something big today. Amen. Amen. You're blessed to be here. Uh, there's a few things that I just want to share before we get started is uh, camp is this week. And so our kids will be taking off for uh, uh, kids camp on Wednesday. Pray for Pastor Brandy. She has to leave me for three days. And uh, shucks, me and Catch and Addison, we're going to have us a big time. But uh, uh, and, and so... Anyways, you know, let's just get in agreement. Let's pray together for, for, for that encounter. Lord, we just pray right now. Lord, we pray for those kids as they go to camp. We pray your angel protection over them as they go and as they come. Lord, we pray for everything that's been planned out. God, we just pray that, uh, uh, Lord, by the Spirit of God, you will bring those things to fruition. We pray for the hearts of every single child that's going to camp. We pray that you open their heart and there are seeds that are deposited in them that they will never be the same again. In Jesus' name, amen. Also, too, we have VBS that's coming up the 25th, 26th, and 27th. You just need the, need the first one to be Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. And we need help. It's always a blessing to me, see, a blessing to, me to see all the different people that help out with that. And so we need help out. We need, if you would like to help with VBS, please see Pastor Brandy or see who. Sign up online. There you go. Huh? At the Church Center app, you can get signed up for that. Also, too, next week is Father's Day. We've got a flat top grill that we'll be giving out. But fathers, you've got to be here in order to get it. One last thing is camp meetings coming up, 25-year anniversary. All right? You can sign up at tyjonesministries.org. It's super simple. All right? And uh, it's very easy to navigate that. Don't be freaked out. It's very easy. You just answer some questions. TyJonesMinistries.org. It's $40 uh, this year. And also, being 25-year anniversary, uh, we want some pictures. We want to make this super special. So if you have some pictures from 2005, 2010, whatever year that you uh, maybe went over the last 25 years, we want those pictures. But here, hear me out. Don't send them to me. All right, if you, if you have questions about an event, also, don't call me either, all right? You call the church for that, 622-8000, all right? Lots of people, you send them to me, I'll lose them. You send them to Pastor Brandy, she'll lose them as well. Send them to media at arenaoflifechurch.org, media at arenaoflifechurch.org, and we'll get it in the right place, all right? Because I will forget, I do more things than just this on Sunday mornings, I promise you that, all right? Amen. Who is ready for the word today? If you have your Bibles, normally we stand up for the reading of the word. And if you haven't been here uh, over the last couple of, uh, gosh, months or two months, I've been in this series called Here's Your Sign. We've had some special speakers, so I've missed out on a few of them. But we're looking at, in the story, especially the very first story that Jesus spoke or, or that, that happened in John chapter 2, the first miracle of Jesus when he's at the wedding at Cana, is that he... Um, uh, he had been there, they had been there for a week, and they had ran out of wine. And, and in the story, it says at the very end, he turned the water into wine. It says this was the first sign of the miracles that Jesus performed. And this was to reveal his glory. And we've been looking at the, the story of the noble man's son. We looked at the story of the man who was at the pool of Bethesda for 38 years. We looked at when he walked on water. All these different signs to us, that's not only the miracle in and of itself of what happened that day, but it's also a sign of who Jesus is. How many of y'all have gotten revelation of who the Lord is through all of this? Here's your sign. It's more than just the miracle. It's beyond that because he's so much more. How many of y'all know in the end of John, it says books could not contain all the miracles that Jesus did. And so as we look at this, especially in the book of John, he says, in the beginning was the word and the word was God, or word was with God and word was God. Looking at what the word is and who the word is through the person of Jesus. And so in John chapter 11, normally we'd stand for the reading of the word, but I have so much commentary that I want to talk about. And this is such a great story to, uh, to pass up. 
Because I believe there's something in the context of this story that you'll miss out if you just look through just some bits and pieces of it. It says in verse 1, now a certain man named Lazarus, everybody say Lazarus, was sick. He was from Bethany, the village where, Beth, where Mary and Martha, sis, Mary and her sister Martha lived. It was the Mary who anointed the Lord with perfume and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. So spoiler alert, if you've never heard this story before, what happens is, is these sisters come to Jesus. This is not the first time in, in Scripture through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John that we hear the story. Happy birthday. Through the, hear the story of, of Martha and Mary. And sorry, I have ADD, all right? Sometimes <laughs> I have squirrels. And this ain't, this ain't the first time that we have this story. In fact, in Luke chapter 10, we see that they opened up their home to Jesus. They invited him in. And spoiler alert of what happens inside of this story here. They come to Jesus. He stays where he is. He's dead. Now Lazarus dies. He's been dead for four days. He comes to him and says, I'm the resurrection of life. We're about to see this. And then he calls him out of the grave. He says, Lazarus, come forth. And he is made whole. He's healed. All right? And so, but what I want you to know is right off the bat is these, these um, Mary who anointed the Lord with perfume and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. These are not people that were just knew who Jesus was. They knew Jesus. They invited him into their home. And I'm just here to tell you right now, just because you invite Jesus into your home doesn't mean you won't have dark days. Just because you invite Jesus into your home doesn't mean that you won't have trials. The Bible says the enemy comes in and he can come in like a flood. Amen? Seeking whom he may devour. And, and the Bible tells us also in John 10 and verse 10, he says the enemy comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy, but God comes to what? Give us life and life more abundantly. So this is a great story. Verse 3, it says, So the sister sent word to him, saying, Lord, he, our brother, and your friend whom you love is sick. What I love about this in this particular story right here, it's not based on our love, it's based on his love. The one you love. How many of y'all know sometimes my love for the Lord can waver? It shouldn't, but it does. There's some decisions that I've made, or maybe people over the years that I was around that I didn't necessarily was a light in a dark world. But even through those times, how many of y'all thankful for the love of the Father? I am always one that he says, Travis, the one whom I love. Oh, man. Aren't you thankful for that, Gerald? Gerald, the one whom I love. Gerald may have not always shown that to the Lord, but the Lord has always shown that to you. Aren't you thankful that you have a God that comes after you, that chases after you, that loves you no matter what you're going through in your life? Come on, that's the good news. That's the gospel. It says, when Jesus heard this, he said, this sickness will not end in death, but on the contrary, it is for the glory and honor of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified by it. Now, Jesus loved and was concerned about Martha and her sister and Lazarus. The thing that points out to me, I circled Martha right here, because lots of times we think, if you're a Martha in the room, if you don't know anything about the story in Luke chapter 10 of when Jesus comes to their house, Martha's in the kitchen, she's making rolls. When the rolls are called up yonder, she's in there making rolls, she's cleaning the house, and Mary is at the feet of Jesus worshiping him. And Martha has a fit. It's like Mary's, you know, doing all this stuff. And Martha feels left out. I'm here to tell all the Marthas in the room that may be back in children's church or maybe running the computer or maybe running these cameras that are behind the scenes. He said he didn't say Mary and the sister. He said Martha and the sister. How many of y'all know Jesus loves Marthas? Are you, are you with me this morning? I just want to point that out. It says, not that he doesn't love Mary, but he said Martha and her sister. Verse 6. So even when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed in the same place two more days. This is when you experience something that you weren't expecting. Led by the Spirit of God, he was not released. So let's go to verse 11. He said this, and after that said, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep. But I am, how many of y'all thankful we serve the God of I am and not I was? I am going there to wake him. The disciples answered, Lord, if he was falling asleep, he will recover. However, Jesus had spoken of his death, but they thought that he was referring to natural sleep. So then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sake, I'm glad that I was not there. Oh, I love this. Get this in your spirit this morning. Lean into that word. And I'm glad that I was not there so that you may believe, but I 
but let us go to him. Your week may have started off with grief, but by the end of it, you'll have some belief. Amen? Verse 16, then Thomas, who was called Didymus, said to his fellow disciples, let us go to, let us go to that we may die with him. So when Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now, you need to know this about the text. Maybe you've heard this before, but I want to reiterate it. At this particular time, uh, the, the, um, the council would have taught this, that three days in of your death, your soul would hover over your body, and it still had the opportunity to go back in. But on day four, it was gone. It's gone to Sheol. It was over. He points out that in four days, this means this. That you were dead. Dead and gone. Dead and gone. It means you're gone. You're not coming back. After uh, three days in, you still had an opportunity. Two days in, you had an opportunity. One day in, you had an opportunity. But four days, counted out, story over. The fat lady came in and sang, no more. She ain't, he ain't coming back. He's pointing that out. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles away. And many of the Jews had come to see Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning the loss of their brother. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him. She went totally against the tradition. Even today in the Western culture of where we live, when somebody dies, we grieve inside of our home and people come to us. Right? But not Martha. She went to Jesus. How many of y'all know, even when we're in a place where we're grieving, it's still, we don't wait for him to come to us. How many of y'all know you need to run to the Father? So she went to meet him while Mary remained sitting in the house. Verse 21, then Martha said to Jesus, look at this. I'm going to say it twice so you get it in your spirits. Lord, if you'd have been here, my brother would not have, had, have died. Lord, if you'd have been here, my brother would not have died. Verse 22, even now, I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give it to you. Now there's a spark of faith. There's a spark of expectation. But look what happens when you have, how many of y'all know just a little bit of faith? How many of y'all know mustard seed faith can move a mountain? It just takes a little bit. Somebody needs to hear that this morning over here in this area. It just takes a little bit of faith. Just a little bit. Un poquito, chiquita, whatever. It just takes a little bit. And look what happens. Jesus told her, your brother will rise from the dead. He See, what is he doing? He responds to her faith with a promise. So Martha replied, I know that he will rise from the dead in the resurrection on the last day. How many of y'all know we've all been here before, theologically? Well, I know that'll happen in heaven. When, we're, when you go before a man of God or a woman of God said, no, you're healed. Well, I know that I am in heaven. I know I will be up there. I, I, you're set free. Well, I know I eventually will be. Get that no good counterfeit devil out of you. How many of y'all know we serve the God of suddenly? The God of right now. You don't have to wait. Listen, it's going to be glorious, right? I mean, that's why I hate that song. I'll fly away, oh glory. I ain't ready to fly away yet. I'll, some of y'all are like, I love that song. Well, the pastor hates it. We're not going to sing it ever in this, in this service, all right? Because I'm not ready to fly away. I'm, I'm right here for right now of what God has in store for me today. I know it'll be good up there. But you know what? It's, I'm in the land of the living while I'm living here on this earth. And God called me to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. God's called me to speak life today, not wait for it. So this is what I love. Jesus says to her in verse 25. You know, because we've all been that marvel. I know he will rise from the dead in the resurrection on the, the last day. But verse 25, Jesus, he says to her, I'm the resurrection and the life. How many of y'all know the resurrection and the life is in here in this room right now as we speak? He said, whoever believes in, adheres to, trusts and relies on me as the Savior will live even if he dies. So he tells her, he says, you can get theological all you want to, but today we're going to get personal. Can I tell you the same thing? You can be theological all you want to, but today we're going to get a little bit personal. Verse 26, and everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? 
She said to him, Yes, Lord, I have believed and continue to believe that you are the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed, the Son of God. He who has destined and promised to come into the world, and it is for you that the world has waited. Verse 28. And after she had said this, she left and called her sister Mary, privately whispering to her, The teacher is here and is asking for you. And when she heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him in the road. Still, I just see Martha like. Don't y'all see that? We're going to call her Karen, right? She's standing in the road. She get no cell service over there? <laughs> over there in Bethpage, wherever the heck you were. I know it was 20 miles away, and I know I sent some chariots over there. I know. So the Bible says that Jesus is right there. Can't y'all see it? She's standing in the road. You came to my house, you ate my food, and now you can't heal my brother? How many of y'all know we can all relate to Martha? God, I did what you called me to do, but I don't understand this. This is what I don't understand. Now, Jesus had not yet entered the village, but still was at the place where Martha had met him. Verse 31, so when the Jews who were with her in the house, comforting her, saw how quickly Mary got up and left, they followed her, assuming that she was going to going to the tomb to weep there. Verse 32, when Mary came to the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet saying to him, Listen, look at this, Lord, if you'd have been here, my brother would not have died. Now let me back up in verse 21. I had to say it twice because I wanted you to remember it when we got to verse 32 because this is a personality of a different sister that thinks, talks, and does things totally different than her sibling. But can I tell you, when you're going through a rough patch, you will say who you hang out with. You will do who you hang out with. This is a person that was at the feet of Jesus when her, her sister was off doing some chores and some other things that didn't realize who was inside of the home. This is a person that has a totally different outlook and perspective on life. But yet, in this particular situation, when times got tough, she began to say who she hang around with. Can I tell you, it's so important that we will hang around people of faith always and in every situation. Come on. How many of y'all believe we got to hang around people? Because if not, we'll take on the way that they think and do things the way that they do. God's called us to a different standard. Can I say it again? God's called us to a different standard. So verse 33, when Jesus saw her sobbing and the Jews who had come with her also sobbing, he was deeply moved in his spirit to the point of anger and sorrow caused by death and was troubled. He was troubled. Verse 34, and said, where you laid him? He said, where have you laid him? They said, Lord, come and see. The Bible says in verse 35, Jesus wept. This is the smallest scripture in, Bible, in, in the word of God, but yet I see something so powerful in it. It may be the shortest, but it's so powerful because this is what I see. The Bible says that Jesus wept. Nowhere else do we see the emotions overcome Jesus. I'm not saying that it never happened. I believe there may have been times that it did happen. But I, I, in this particular text, because I see this, I see the deity and the humanity of God. He was all God, but he was all man. And, and can I tell you, I believe the Lord has still gets grieved in his heart today when he sees sin on the earth. What happens to people? Is that why he cried? I don't know. He may have cried and been moved in his spirit because of the unbelief. Because he knows what unbelief does. We see in the book of Hebrews, they lost because of their unbelief. Here's the second one. He may have been overwhelmed because he knows that for four days now, Lazarus has been in heaven in his mansion on the streets of gold. And to rip him from that, he feels sorry for Lazarus. That may have been one of them. But also, too, I know this in the book of Hebrews. It says that our high priest sympathizes with us. Aren't you thankful that we have a high priest that sympathizes with us? Verse 36, so the Jews were saying, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could not this man who opened the blind man's eyes have kept this man from dying? So Jesus, again, deeply moved to the point of anger, approached the tomb. It was a cave and a boulder was lying against it. Uh, to cover the entrance. Now we know from history was the body was probably down inside of a tomb somewhere, and he came up. Uh, he would come up to the tomb and yell down to it, but there was a door in the way. And Jesus said, 
39, Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be an offensive odor, for he has been dead for four days. Can I stop right here and just say something about this? There are so many people that there is something in you, a sin, that's causing you to die spiritually. There is something in your life that stinks. There's something in your life that you think it's a secret because you've got uh, something in front of it. Can I tell you, you'll never experience anything in your life. Jesus didn't roll the stone away. He asked them to roll the stone away. Can I tell you, you won't experience freedom in your life until you roll the stone away. Until you go before the pastor and say, hey, this is what's going on in my life. The Bible says that freedom, confess your sins one to another and freedom might come. Can I tell you, the only person you're lying to is yourself. Shame, condemnation is going to come. When you have this secret thing going on in your life, you won't experience freedom in your life. You know what I ask you to do? It may stink, but it's only going to get worse if you keep the door in front of it. God's called us to roll the stone away. God's called us to roll the stone away. I'm going to say it one more time. God has called me to roll my stones away. God has called you to roll your stones away. It may stink inside of there, but you ain't... listen. It ain't going to have Febreze until you give it, you spray it. Are you hearing me? He's saying it might stink. Verse 40. Is this too much Bible? I don't know if you guys know this about me yet. I love the Word of God. It's maybe too much for you, but it's not for me. There's some pastors like, we got to just share three. No, we believe the Word, the whole counsel of the Word. I might go to verse chapter 12. Don't tempt me. Jesus said to her, did I not say that that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone, and Jesus raised his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. What a powerful, powerful scene. I knew that you always hear me and listen to me, but I have said this because of the people standing around so that they may believe that you have sent me and that you have made me your representative. See, this is why it's so important that wherever we are, how many of you know, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, then how can it be seasoned? Then you're good for nothing, then be trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. But if the light is put under a basket, then how can it bring light to the world? You're the light of the world. You're the light of the world. You're the salt of the earth. The Bible tells us in Mark 16, these signs will follow him who believes. You'll lay hands on the sick and see them recover. You'll cast out demons. Listen, this is why it's important that in public places, at gas stations, at Walmart, standing in line for things, if God compels you to lay hands, not only that they would believe, but that those around him, that the Spirit of God would be revealed to them through the witness that you are. Are you hearing me this morning? So in verse 43, he says, when he had said this, he shouted with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. Oh, there's a reason he says Lazarus. You know this, right? Because if you'd have said, come out, this is the son of God. This is Jesus. He's standing at a cemetery. It would have been like, it would have been like Michael Jackson. Just the thriller, thriller. There'd have been 10, 15, 25, 30 people coming up out of the grave. He had to be specific and say, Lazarus, come out. Because Billy Bob and Jerry and Peter, they'd have been coming out of there. I've been dead for 50 years. Come on. They'd be coming out. See, I see men like trees walking, literally dead bone skeletons walking up out of the grave. How many of y'all know this is the power of God, spoken word of God? Anything can happen when the word of God speaks. Oh, man. So he says, Lazarus, come out. Out came the man who had been dead, his hands and his feet rapidly, tightly wrapped in burial cloths. And with the burial cloth wrapped around his face, Jesus said to them, unwrap him and release him. Notice Jesus didn't unwrap him and release him because it's not his job. His job is to resurrect the dead. But it's us as people of God to loose them. Parents, parents, can I talk to the parents this morning? It's his job to resurrect them. It's his job to make them a new creation in Christ. Old things have passed away. Behold, everything has become brand new. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17. But it's our job as parents to loose 
Get the dead things off of them. Come on, us as leadership, God's called us to a higher level. Those of you that are leaders and bosses and maybe you're pouring into people's life and you may not think it, but God's called you to be a leader, loyal, encouraged, adapt, dependable, enthusiastic, and responsible with the anointing that God's put on your life. All of you in this room, if you're a believer, God's called you to be a leader. Every single one of you. It's not just my job, it's your job. If you own a business, if you're a parent, if you're a husband, listen, he resurrects them, but God's called you to loose them. Keep those things off of them. Man, I'll get to my message here in a minute. I'm just reading the story. Verse 45, so then many of the Jews who had come to be with Mary and who were eyewitnesses to what Jesus had done believed in him. Isn't this just an amazing story of who the Lord is? How many of y'all know he's uh, never early, he's never late, but he's always right on time? Amen? So going back to the text, you can... uh, Uh, Just bear with me here. I want to look at some things inside of the story here and give you three points. But just like I've done with every single story with the man at the pool of Bethesda for 38 years. Also with the one who was walking on uh, the time that he walked on water. Every single one of these stories, I believe there's a message inside of that. Of not just a miracle of him raising someone from the dead. But a parallel of how God works inside of our lives. And the parallel that I want to work, look at this morning, I believe this. This is such a picture of prayer to me. Now, there's so many other pictures you can see in John chapter 11. But I believe this is a picture of prayer. Because look at the story. Lazarus is sick. The sister calls on Jesus. She prays, basically. She's calling on the Lord. How many of y'all know he, he who calls upon the Lord will be saved? The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. She's calling on him that Jesus would heal him. Right? Jesus doesn't come home at that moment that they wanted him to. And Lazarus, he dies inside the process of them asking him. How many of y'all have ever had something die in the middle of you praying for it? All right? So there's so many emotions that come up. There's blame. There's frustration. There's all of these things. Why, God? Why did, why did you make this happen? Or why didn't it happen the way that I thought it was going to? Right? And so all of that, we've all done that. And then post-miracle, what happens after this, they wanted to kill Jesus and Lazarus. And I see this. This is such a picture of our life of faith and our prayer life if you serve God at all. The first thing that I want you to know is this. Our God answers prayer. Say that one more time. Our God answers prayer. If you don't believe me, go, go drive down Olson to Paramount. Or go down Georgia, just right over here. Georgia. It's a mess. Uh, uh, we live in Olson, and um, there, was a, there was some boys the other night. We were standing out there. Talk, we were close to all of our neighbors, and we were all out there talking. And uh, there was two boys in a pickup truck with two kayaks hanging out the back. Where are you boys going? Going to make bad choices. <laughs> I'm like, let me in. That sounds like fun, you know. <laughs> oh, Lord, I, I didn't know, you know, I would ever be throwing a spinnerbait out in front of the Hummer's parking lot. You know what I'm saying? I mean, is it not crazy what's, what's going on? But uh, I'm just here to say this. If you didn't know, it's flooded over there, and it's flooded because it rained, and it rained because God's people prayed. <laughs> Amen. The Bible says this, and and, and I don't know if you know this. Like, if you're new here, it's never this green. So if you're making a decision on the green that's here, you're making the wrong choice, all right? Okay? Because just give it a little time. We live in the desert. But how many, and this is what I'm believing, the former and the latter, they reign together. And what's happening on the outside is going to happen on the inside. Amen? Come on. That's a whole different sermon for a different day. But I, the Jeremiah 33 in verse 3 says, Call unto me and I will answer you and show you great mighty things which you do not know. He said, I'll show you things that don't make sense. I'll do things that are beyond your imagination or expectation. How many of y'all know the rain here is beyond Amarilloan's belief? I mean, this is crazy, right? It's awesome. But thank God. Thank God. That's my whole point. 
But I'll, I'll tell you, there is a life that you can experience and a life that you can have only in prayer and nowhere else. And it's not accessible to the believer. It's accessible to the believer who prays. I cannot tell you that prayer is our kingdom advantage. Can I tell you that prayer is not a genie in a bottle that you can have or do whatever you want. Prayer is a way to access the kingdom of God. What you want to happen is not going to happen by complaining, by posting, by manipulation. What you want to happen according to the will of God, the Bible says you can't pray out of the will of God. But if you pray according to the will of God, it can happen for you. How many of y'all know we serve a God that of impossibility? With man, things are impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Are you here with me this morning? I'm just saying what he said. See, when he was establishing the kingdom of God in the Sermon of the Mount, Matthew 5, 6, 7, 8, when we look through all of this, he shows us something in there that he's trying to paint a picture of prayer. He says this, ask and you shall receive. He said this, you have not. Why? Because you ask not. Knock and the door will be open to you. Seek and ye shall find. How many of y'all know we don't have because we don't ask? I'm telling you, there is something in this story about prayer. Prayer gives you grace to receive or the power to endure. Can I tell you, everything, every great thing God is going to do in your life is going to be connected to your prayer life. I want you to look around at this particular facility right here. The, the, the land that is bought and paid for happened through prayer. This building that we're in, it happened through prayer. All the new modifications that we've done. I mean, if you look at this, of, of what's happened through the sound, through the, uh, this right here, if you didn't know it, this is the back of the building, or this is the back of the room. This was the stage. This was the end of the stage right here. This is how big the room was, right here. But by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, make a request be made known to God. I'm telling you, this building was birthed through prayer. Many of you in here that are sitting here because you have a mama that prayed. You have a daddy that prayed. That arena down there, that grip building over there, prayer. People are saved. Why? Because we believe God. We're praying for the heart of God to be revealed in this house. We pray for souls to come to the land of the living. From the north, the south, the east, and the west. And if I'm not praying, we have a prayer team that prays. There's other of you that pray inside of here. I'm just telling you, you can't just rely on us or the prayer team to pray though. You need to pray. This is something for all of us. Uh, your life will only go as far as your prayer life. In Mark, Mark chapter 9, if you don't know the story here, they bring this boy that's messed up. He's full of devils. And the disciples have done everything that they can do. And you, you've heard this story if you've been here at the first of the year. When we talk about prayer and fasting, we do 21 days at the beginning of the year. And y'all be ready for this because the Lord's really put this in my heart. God put it in my heart just, just about a month ago. I, I was writing some things down. The Lord put it in my heart. You don't, thinking about the first of the year of when we pray and when we fast. The Lord put it in my heart. You don't just, you don't eat all the food on Thanksgiving and not expect to eat Christmas time. Meaning... You can't expect to see a move of God just praying and fasting in January. There's got to be other times throughout the year. So y'all get ready to do it with me. Hey, I, I'm, I don't, if you're here Wednesday night, I'm going to allow the Lord to interrupt my life. Amen? So anyway, in, Matthew, or in, in Mark chapter 9, they bring this boy before him, right? And, he, and what does he say to him? Only this kind comes out through what? Prayer and fasting. He didn't say... This, this came out because I'm the son of God. He didn't say this one come out because God sent his only son and I'm him. He basically said this. This boy, this boy was set free because I pray and you don't. <laughs> Can I tell you prayer is powerful. Prayer is powerful. Some of y'all are rolling your lives. I pray. Well, I'm about to get to you in a minute. You just hold on. Being in the house is important. Reading the word is important. But prayer is so important. Three things to take away from this service today. Number one, when you pray, it will require patience. Can I tell you, in your walk with Christ, 
it will require patience. Can I tell you, if you're going to be successful, it will require patience. Can I also tell you this? The longer you wait, the greater the miracle. Look at verses 5 and 6. Think about this after you know the, the story. Now Jesus loved and was concerned about Martha and her sister and Lazarus and considered them dear friends. So even when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed in the same place two more days. See, he did know. Martha did have a reason to put her hand on her hip. He did know. Jesus loved Lazarus. He heard that he was ill, but he did not move. Can I tell you again, he's never early, he's never late, but he's right on time. Can I, can I change it up for you this morning? He's never early, he's never late, but he's always on his time. So why did he stay there? Well, there's two natural reasons. One of them we know from the story is they were going to kill him when he got to Bethany. Now, I mean, y'all know there, have been, there was many people that signed up or lined up to kill Jesus. But the Bible tells us that he would have to lay down his life for you and me. The second reason was this, that he wanted to show them that he had authority over death. That he didn't just come to heal the sick. He didn't just come to see the blind eyes uh, uh, see, the deaf hear, the lame walk. But he was also here to show us that he could raise the dead. Because he is what? He is the resurrection and he is the life. All right? So there is a reason that he waited. And you may not have a perspective and you may not understand this, but I hope, I hope by the end of this you get this. Because Isaiah 40 says this, those who wait on the Lord. Those who wait on the Lord. I'm going to say it one more time. Those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. It says they shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They'll walk and not grow faint. You know what this word wait, wait means? It means to lean forward. Wait means to lean forward. Wait means to lean forward. There's times where I say, I want you to lean in. Because there may be some things that go in one ear and out the other. But there's some things by the Spirit of God that you need to lean in. How many of y'all know there's times that we need to lean into the Lord and not to CNN, Fox News, CNBC, MSNBC? We may need know those things are going on, but I'm going to lean in. As I wait upon the Lord, I'm going to lean into what he would have to say. And I want to tell you, waiting time is not wasted time. Hebrews 6 and verse 12 says this, that you do not become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience. Everybody say faith. Everybody say patience. Everybody say faith. Everybody say patience. It says, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises of God. How do you inherit the promises of God? Through faith and patience. But how about the promises of God? You know that with long life he will satisfy me and show me his salvation through faith and patience. How about he will supply all of my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus? That's a great promise. Well, you know how you're going to get it? Through faith and through patience. You can't just have faith. You've got to have faith and patience. How many of y'all know you can't just do something one time and expect the result? You can't just tell your wife, I love you one time and expect there be love inside of the marriage. No, it's got to be day by day. Every time you talk on the phone, I want to encourage you before you hang up, whether it be about the kids or your job or whether she packed your lunch right or wrong, you say, I love you. Every day. It's consistency. Every day. You can't expect to tithe once and see a miracle. It's got to be consistency. And what happens through that? You're having faith, but you're also having patience. You can't expect to go to counseling once. You can't expect to go to a small group once and be like, that was weird. Nobody talked to me. Well, did you talk to anybody? You've got to be patient. Over time, over time, you've got to stick it out. You can't just come to church one time a month. How many of y'all know you've got to have a level of consistency in your life? Are you hearing me? You can't just say I'm the heel of the Lord on Monday and not on Tuesday. I got to say I'm the heel of the Lord on Monday. I'm the heel of the Lord on Tuesday. I'm the heel of the Lord on Wednesday. I'm the heel of the Lord on Thursday. Hey, it's going to rain on Monday. On Tuesday, it's going to rain. On Wednesday, it's going to rain. I know Robert did it, didn't you? Every day, it's going to rain. And you know what that is? It's patience. You know what patience is? It's long-term faith. It's long-term Faith believes God can do it now. Patience is the endurance to outlast the frustration. 
Y'all want me to say that one more time? Well, I'm going to, whether you want me to or not. Faith believes God can do it now. Patience is the endurance to outlast the frustration. Some of y'all know we want it, and we want it now. We live in a microwave, drive-through world. I want it. I believe God. You know, I believe God for this on Monday. It's not here on Friday. I believe God for that job on two weeks ago. Can I, t- can, I, can I give you a word? Like, this is four days. In four days, you know, felt like an eternity. People died. You better stick with Jesus. Because there's people that are going to be affected by your endurance to wait and patience that you couldn't get any other way. Are you hearing me this morning? Number two is this. You've got to express hope. Look at this in verse 22. Verse 20. It says, So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him while Mary remained sitting in the house. Then Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you'd have been here, my brother would have not died. I want you to think about this. She's looking at hope. How many of y'all know Jesus is the hope of the world? How many of y'all know he's been hope for you? Come on, let's shout this morning. How many of y'all know he's been hope for me? He's been hope for us. So she's looking at hope, but she is rehearsing the past. You can't look at hope and rehearse the past. You know what hopelessness is? It's rehearsing something you cannot change. You know what a hopeless mentality? What if? What if I wouldn't have quit that job? What if I wouldn't have taken that? What if I would have went to that doctor and not that doctor? What if I'd have married her and not her? What if I'd have married him and not him? What if, what if, you know what what if is? What if is nothing but hopelessness. It's nothing but hopelessness. It's rehearsing something you cannot change. And what it'll do is it'll keep you stuck in the same mentality and you'll be the same way you was 10 years ago and 20 years before that. God's called you to another level. You know what God's called us to do is not only express hope but to practice hope. It It starts by talking about the future. Preparing for where you are going and not where you've been. Jeremiah 29, 11, what does it say? I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord, to give you what? A future and a hope. See how future and hope are connected? It doesn't say to give you a past and to give you a hope. Hope, your past and hopelessness are connected. Future and hope are connected. Right? I want you, you've got to express hope. I trying to give the analogy this morning, like when I was young and played sports, it was easy for me to go to the game. I love the game of football. Played football and uh, baseball growing up, played it many, many years. And it was easy for me, you boys played sports, it, the game is great, right? But two-a-days was not great. Why, why, why was it easy for me? Because I had, I had an emotional connection to the game, right? I didn't, I didn't have an emotional connection to practice. I had an emotional connection to something that, that of us being in the locker room and celebrating a victory. But when it was practice time and it was two-a-days and sometimes three-a-days, I didn't have an emotion. All I had an emotional connection to was throwing up in the corner from not working out all week. All, you know what I'm saying? But listen, I still worked out because I, I wanted a connection of where I wanted to go and not where I, where I am. Let's do it with food. This was a better one. I didn't get this till I was preaching this morning. If you go on a diet, which I am right now. <laughs> hey, man, I'm going to come over here. If you go on a diet, I have an emotional connection with cookies and cakes. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. How many of y'all know, isn't it something when you go on a diet, I was talking about this, you go on a diet and like you go to somebody's house and they eat all, you know, they eat perfect. And then when, the minute you decide to go on the diet, Cindy makes banana pudding. <laughs> and she feels like she's been led by the spirit of God, but no, that was the devil. 
See, it's hard for us to express hope, right? So when you go and you're trying, listen, you don't have an emotional connection to eating right. And you go to somebody's house and there's fried foods. I have an emotional connection to fried food. You know why? You can hear it when you eat it. It crunches inside of your mouth. You know what I'm saying? It makes you feel so much better. And then you look at the salad. You're like, I pray in tongues. I don't know if y'all know that, but I, this is a praying in tongue church right here. And so I'm telling you, when you express hope, not only you got to pray in tongues, but you've got to pray in tongues and make the right choice. That's expressing hope. Because I don't have an emotional connection to eating kale <laughs> and apples, Right? I have emotional connection to the other one. But the other one, I know what happens with it. I may have not experienced what happens with kale, but I'm going to walk through faith and patience and express hope and do it anyway. And I'm going after something that I haven't seen or done yet. Are you, getting with, are you on the same page with me this morning? So you can't look at hope and rehearse the past. Honey, I thought of it this morning. We're going to express hope. We're not going to have pictures on our phone of places that we've been. Let's have pictures on our phone of places we want to go. I mean, and I'm not against pictures. Think about it, though. Your house is full. I don't know why I put that in my hand. Your house is full of places of the past. And this is exactly what she's doing. If you would have been here yesterday... Expressing hope is saying, you know what? I'm looking at the resurrection and life. Oh, the Lord can do so much more. Come on, let's make. And so I have a test for you. I'll tell you whether or not you're expressing hope. And this is for all of us. This is a test whether you're not expressing hope. What are you talking about more, your past or your future? And like I said, I get it. Because it's hard because you have no emotion attached to your future. But this is where faith and patience comes in. We walk by faith and not by sight or how we feel. Man, this is good preaching. I don't care who you are. <laughs> Proverbs thirteen twelve says this. Um, Hope deferred makes the heart sick. People are sick because they have no hope. I'm telling you, in 2020, more people died because they didn't have hope. It wasn't a plague or a China virus. It was because people didn't have hope, and it makes people sick. This is so true. You will make yourself physically ill when you are hopeless. Can I tell you, there's hope in the room. But you've got to get it through faith and through patience. Number three is this. I'm coming too close. Number three is this. You can't do it without gratitude. Prayer, you've got to have gratitude. What is Philippians 4, 6? Put it up on the screen. Put it up on the screen. It says, be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and what? Supplication with what? With thanksgiving, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Listen, you've got to do it all. And can I tell you, uh, it just reminds me, I love what uh, Jensen Franklin says. If it's big enough to worry about, it's big enough to pray about. And can I tell you, when you're anxious, that is the check engine light in your body to say it's time to pray with thanksgiving. Is there anybody anxious this morning? Raise your hand if you're anxious. It's time to pray. It's not time for me to pray. Now, will me and Pastor Michelle connect our faith with yours? Absolutely. But listen, it's only going to work if you pray. This is by the Spirit of God. I did not share this in the first service. But if you're anxious this morning, just like right now, I have a check engine light on my, my truck. You need to go put it under a computer. To see what's going on. It's running fine. I'm sure it's something simple and easy. 
When you're anxious, that is a check engine light in you to pray. Just like I need to go see the mechanic or whatever it is or put it under the computer. I'm going to do something about it. When you're anxious, that is the check engine light in you that I'm going to go before the Lord in prayer. And I'm going to do it with thanksgiving. Look in the side of this story right here. We see something in verse 41. And I pointed it out. I don't know if you remember it, but in verse 41, he said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. Father, I thank you that you have heard me. Father, I thank you that you have heard me. You know, I've been reading this book. Been reading this book by, she was at the, the singles conference. What's her name? Karen what? Salisbury. I always want to say her last name. Salisbury. And in her book, she talks about her and her husband were pastoring church. She had a boy that was 13 and a boy that was 12. Her husband was 37 years old. It was New Year's Day. She said, he said, I'm not feeling good. They're pastoring a church that is thriving. He goes to bed and never wakes up. Has a widow's maker heart attack and dies. And in this book, the book is called Why God Why. And in the book, she says this. During that time, it was obviously hard. And let's listen, God's blessed her. And man, she was so good. She gave such a good word, the, the one that I heard. But in the book, she said this, sometimes in our life, what we do is this, is we get so stuck on when those of you that will go home and cook like a roast, it needs to sear. If you cook a roast, if you expect to go home today with a roast, put it in the microwave for 30 minutes, you'd be better off eating this rough out, rough out boot right here. How many of y'all know, those of you that were smart, you put it on at 4 a.m.? And she talks about in your prayer life, there's some things, those things that you don't understand and you say, why? Those are the things that need to sear and be put on the back burner. Because there's things that need to be cooked right now in order for you to be a successful believer, successful mom, successful dad. Because if you get sick, if you get stuck on the thing that you're trying to figure out, that you may not figure out till four days down the road. Does this make sense? You'll lose sight. So put it on the back burner and have a heart, what she was saying, you've got to have a heart of thanksgiving of the things that are out right close up to you right now. Like, I don't understand why I have had this diagnosed from the doctor, but I can be thankful of this. My kids are serving God and in the land of the living. I may not understand why this is happening in my bank account, but I can look at this house that God has put me inside of, and I'm thankful for this because there's people out there that don't have a home. I'm thankful for what God... See, he's saying, see, we don't know when the Lord started praying for, for Lazarus, but we do know this. He did because he said, God, I thank you that you have heard my prayer. You've got to have a heart of thanksgiving. Everybody say thanksgiving. Everybody say Gratitude. Romans 5 and verse 3, if you put it up on the screen there, if you have it. Romans 5 and verse 3, it says, And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulations produces perseverance. Do you have it in the Amplified, by the way? But it says, here I can go to it. But it talks about rejoicing. Romans chapter 5, verse 3. Let me go to it real quick. Romans chapter 5, verse 3. It says, not only this. But let us exult in our sufferings and rejoice in our hardships. So when are you going to rejoice? I'm going to rejoice in everything. I'm going to rejoice when I'm the head. And I'm going to rejoice when I'm the tail. I'm going to rejoice when I'm above. And I'm going to rejoice when I'm beneath. I'm going to rejoice when I have a lot. I'm going to rejoice when I don't have enough. I'm going to rejoice when I'm not feeling good. And I'm going to rejoice when I am feeling good. See, that's where we mess up. We only come to the Lord when we have petitions. But how about we start coming to the Lord and just being thankful for who He is and what He's done and how He's pulled us out of the miry clay and set us on the rock to stand and how He's healed our body and how He's brought people back. Oh, come on. Let's not only praise Him in the good times, let's praise Him in the bad times. Let's praise the Lord for He is good and that His mercy endures forever. And I repent. Listen, there's times where I've cried out to the Lord for you guys. 
And when God did it in your body, I didn't cry out to the Lord and thank him for what he did. In the book of Philippians, here is Paul writing to the church of Philippi. He's not writing from the penthouse suite in the Ritz Hotel. He's writing from a jail cell, and 16 times he says rejoice. You know what rejoice is? Rejoice is reversing anything good and anything God. You know what? I'm going to make a decision today. When I leave here, I'm going to rejoice. And what am I going to rejoice about? Anything good in anything God. Come on, how many of y'all know if we have a perspective today, we can rehearse anything good in anything God? Philippians chapter 4 and verse 4, it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. What I love about this, he's saying, hey, rejoice in the Lord always. I know I just wrote this, but one more time, I need to reiterate. Again, I will say you've got to rejoice. And that's not even the best part. You know what it means in the Greek? I ain't even going to try to tell you what it, how to pronounce it in the Greek, but this is what it means. It means to lean toward favor. He said, I'm going to lean towards favor in the Lord always. And again, I will say lean toward favor. But pastor, what if gas gets higher? I'm going to lean toward favor that he will supply all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. What if another virus comes? I'm going to lean toward favor that he's still the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that he will heal my mortal body. What about all the stuff that's going on in America? Y'all be here. Man's day. I'm going to address the men of America. This will be an unpolitically correct message but biblically accurate. How many of y'all know men need to rise up and be men today? Amen? I can't wait to preach it. I love preaching unpolitically correct messages, especially to YouTube. I got one good hater right now on Facebook. I know I'm driving him crazy just as I speak. He's going to get saved one of these days. Hallelujah. But I'm going to lean, I'm gonna, what, what am I going to do? I'm going to lean towards favor. The school called. The school called and said, you know what, your son, he's dealing with this, 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 and this. He's struggling in class with this, this, and this. You know what I'm going to lean towards? I'm going to lean toward God gave me that son. And he has the mind of Christ. And that he can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm going to lean towards favor. And again, I will say, I will lean towards favor. But what? But nothing. I'm going to lean towards favor. How many of y'all know you can lean all over the place? You can lean on everything the world is trying to tell you. But I, Paul told us, and I'm telling you the same. The Lord is telling you. He looks at her and he says, that may be the report. But I want you to lean towards this. I am the resurrection and I am the life. Today, you will taste and see that the Lord is good and that his mercy endures forever. You will taste and see that the Lord is good and that his mercy endures forever. Philippians 4, 6. One more time. Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving... Let your requests be known to God. Be anxious, be anxious, be anxious, be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. Well, we want to thank you for joining us on our podcast today. We pray that you heard from God and that this message was for you. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button and leave us a review. It helps us reach more people with this message. Arena of Life takes pride in connecting to God, to church, and to people. And we want to connect with you. So don't forget to check us out on all social media platforms, to check out our website, arenaoflifechurch.org, and to download the Church Center app and to choose Arena of Life as your church. And a special thanks to those who make a difference by giving generously. You help us change lives and produce weekly content like this that reaches the world. If you're interested in partnering with us, you can give by clicking the link in our bio through the website arenaoflifechurch.org or through the Church Center app. May the Lord bless you and keep you. 
and we'll see you next week. Thank you.